So we're in John chapter 21 and starting at verse 15. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, Take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him for the third time, Do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, Feed my sheep. Very truly I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands, and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate what kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. Peter turned and saw that the disciple whom Jesus loved was following them. This was the one who had leaned back against Jesus at the supper and had said, Lord, who is going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he asked, Lord, what about him? Jesus answered, If I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? You must follow me. Because of this, the rumor spread among the believers that this disciple would not die. But Jesus did not say that he would not die. He only said, If I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? This is the disciple who testifies to these things, and he wrote them down. We know that his testimony is true. Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written. Thank you, Lucy, for reading. Can you hear me? Well, please keep that passage open. In your Bibles. It's great that you can join us for this last um, passage in the Gospel of John. Have you ever watched the film till the end of the credits? And as the, the credits roll by, some of the characters appear again on the screen. Any, anyone who's a fan of the, the Marvel Universe films will, will know what I'm talking about. Essentially, the main film finishes... And then as the, as the end credits, as they roll by, you get this extra scene. It's usually a, a sneak preview of what future films might be about. And here in John's Gospel, we see, after the credits have rolled in chapter 20, where John has signed off his Gospel, John takes us to a quiet beach in the north of Galilee, where some of the main characters, they appear again. And we get a sneak preview what following Jesus is all about. Earlier on this morning, we looked at the first part of this scene. We saw Jesus helping Peter and the other disciples to catch a a boatload of fish before feeding them breakfast, the full Nazarene, roasted fish and bread. This passage picks up just after they've finished eating, and it takes us to this interview between Jesus and Peter. This interview, if you like, it gives us an insight into what the basis for the church will be, a love of Jesus Christ. 
Imagine sitting in an exam, the final exam, at the end of your third year, third, your third, third year degree. And as you flick through the exam, you flick through the papers, checking the exam questions, and there's only three questions. Not only are there only three questions, but they're, they're all the same. This is bizarre. You look around and everyone else is also slightly bemused. You motion to the adjudicator, excuse me, I think there's been a mistake with my exam paper. All three questions are the same. And the adjudicator says, no, no, they are exactly what they should be. You sense Peter's frustration in these opening verses, don't you? Three long years in the best school ever, he sat under the teaching of the Messiah, the now crucified and risen Lord. Yeah, there have been a few slip-ups along the way, but he's managed to make it back on track. Or so he thinks. Three long years spending with Jesus, and he, and he gets this interview for this role that Jesus wants to appoint him to. And all that Jesus can ask him is, do you love me? I guess we uh, suspect that we see more than a breakfast and an interview taking place in this passage. Rather, in this passage, we see what following Jesus is all about. And we see that love for Jesus is at the heart of all that we do. It should be at the heart of our Christian work. It should be at the heart of our Christian walk. And it will be the witness. It will be the heart of our Christian witness. So, our first heading. Our love for Jesus is at the heart of our Christian work. Now, look at verses 15 to 17 with me. It's, a, it's an odd interview, isn't it? Because, well, the interviewer has only got one question. Do you love me? Jesus asked Peter this same question three times. In fact, the first time in verse 15 is slightly different to the second and third time. So look at verse 15 with me. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said. You know that I love you. Do you love me more than these? Here, Jesus isn't saying, Peter, do you love me more than you love the breakfast or... Do you love me more than you love these disciples? Rather, he's asking Peter, do you love me more than these other disciples love me? I want you to cast your mind back to the time when Jesus predicts Peter's denial. And then Peter essentially says, he loves him the most. And he says, Scott, if you have the next slide. Peter declared, even if all fall away, I will not. Now the tables have turned. Peter has denied Jesus. His love for Jesus was found wanting. And so Jesus asks him here again, Do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said. You know that I love you. And verse 16, Again Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. By now Peter must be thinking, Here we go again if he asks me one more time. And guess what? He does. Verse 17. The third time he said to Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You, you know that I love you. And Peter was hurt. Lord, why are you questioning my love for you? Isn't that the case? Sometimes we often feel hurt, 
and aggrieved when someone questions our loyalty, our love for them? How dare you question me like that? You know that I love you. You know that I would do anything for you. Of course Peter loves Jesus. That's why the denial hurt him so much. He was devastated. He had denied his teacher. He had denied his Lord three times. He had failed in his love for Jesus. If you like, this scene is somewhat of a reversal of Peter's denial. Three times he denied Jesus. Three times now he's asked to reaffirm his love for him. It's enough for forgiveness, enough for at redemption. And here in the end of John's Gospel, Peter's response isn't that of a prideful boast. Rather, it's a humble acknowledgement of his love for Jesus. What can we learn from Peter's response this time around? Well, firstly, notice that Peter in his response, he acknowledges that Jesus knows all things. David touched on this aspect in the morning, and I'll touch on it again. Look at the end of verse 15. Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. The end of verse 16. Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And at the end of verse 17, he goes one bigger, and he says, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus, he knows all things. He knows the state of Peter's heart better than Peter does. He knows the state of our hearts better than we do. What's the point of pretending otherwise? He knew Peter would deny him. He knows when we deny him. He also knew where to catch fish earlier on in this chapter. And he knows if Peter loves him or not. He knows whether we love him or not. He even knows those who will humbly accept him as their saviour. And he knows those who won't. Jesus, the Lord of all, he knows all things. He knows everyone. You see, these questions, they're not designed to, to gather information for Jesus. He knows everything. Rather, these questions are designed to, to remind Peter, to remind us as to what serving and following Jesus is all about. Absolute love for him. Secondly, we, with all that Jesus knows about Peter, all that he knows about his strengths and weaknesses, his past failure, with all this in mind, he calls Peter to serve. Look at the end of, well, look at verse 15. Feed my lamb. Verse 16, take care of my sheep. Verse 17, feed my sheep. Peter isn't a shepherd, he, he's a fisherman. Why this command about shepherding? You see, the story of the Bible is a longing for a Messiah, a saviour, to shepherd God's people. Old Testament figures like Moses and David have been prototypes, echoes of this shepherd. And we saw earlier in our series in John, in chapter 10, that Jesus is the reality of this long and long search for a shepherd to come and shepherd God's people. He's the shepherd who has come. He has laid down his life for his sheep. And he has risen again. He has ascended into heaven. And one day he will return to lead his flock to everlasting pastures. In the meantime, Jesus commands Peter to feed and take care of his flock till he returns. He doesn't ask Peter to state his gifts or abilities or strengths and weaknesses. He knows all of them. 
He doesn't ask us to state our strengths and weaknesses. He knows all of them. The question Jesus poses to Peter and to us in our service of him is, do you love me? Why? Well, I don't think it's an exercise in vanity. You see, as, as this scene unfolds, we see that love for Jesus is the foundation, the basis upon which we serve him. Once our love for Jesus is established, then we will, we will be willing to do whatever he calls us to and follow him wherever he wants us to go. Why? Because we love him. You see, Peter's commission to lead the church, to shepherd the flock, isn't based on whether he loves the flock. Rather, it's based on whether he loves Jesus. What Jesus wants to know, what Jesus already knows, is that a love for him is the foundation upon which Peter, upon which we will serve him. John Calvin, a well-known theologian, once put this conversation between Jesus and Peter like this. No man, therefore, will steadily persevere in the discharge of this office, unless the love of Christ shall reign in his heart in such a manner that forgetful of himself and devoting himself entirely to Christ, he overcomes every obstacle. How do we persevere in the work that God calls us to? We can only do so if the love of Christ reigns supreme in our hearts. The love of Jesus, it's the heart of our Christian usefulness. And in order to do the work he calls us to, he wants us to know the most important thing. Does our love for him rule our hearts? I think that's why Jesus asked this question repeatedly. And we must note that this is a special commission to Peter. Peter's a, he's a founding father of the church, along with the other apostles. They are the foundation upon which the church has been built. They bear witness to the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. And we're called to build on this foundation of the gospel we've received from them. And we see this continuation of the work of shepherding in the work that, for instance, our, our church leaders undertake. They feed us God's word every Sunday by preaching to us and also caring for us pastorally. However, if you are here tonight and are, Christ, and you're, and are a Christian, if you are a follower of Christ, then know that there is a universal commission to all Christians if you are a Christian, then you are called to continue the work of Christ. We are all called to a Christian ministry, one way or another, whether it's through leading small groups, or preaching, or welcoming, or hosting, whether it's through mission work, like Nia, or serving tea and coffee. Our roles may differ, but nonetheless, we are called to faithful service of our Lord Jesus, and it won't be about our strengths or weaknesses or even our failures. Rather, it will be about our love for him. This is the driving force in our Christian ministry as followers of Christ. Do you love me? Loving Jesus is at the heart of the work that Jesus calls us to do. Not only is it at the heart of the work he calls us to, it prepares us to follow him, come what may. Which brings us onto our second heading. Our love for Jesus is at the heart of our Christian walk. The famous Christian author C.S. Lewis once wrote, If you continue to love Jesus, nothing much can go wrong with you. Our love for Jesus 
it won't only guide us in our Christian work, it will also enable us to follow him wherever he leads. And look at verse 18 with me. It says, Very truly I tell you, when you were younger you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow him, follow me. This job offer from Jesus has just taken a bit of a turn, hasn't it? First of all, it, it started with repeated questions of love. And now Jesus is predicting how Peter is going to suffer and die. I mean, we can all forgive Peter if he was thinking at that moment, um, Jesus, actually, you know what? I'm all right now. Don't quite fancy it. But rather, because Jesus has established the basis for Peter's ministry, love for him, Peter is now ready to follow Jesus, come what may, follow Jesus through suffering, even unto death. Some of you would have heard of the, the Christian charity called Open Doors. Um, Open Doors is a charity that monitors Christian um, persecution around the world. world. Listen to this quote from a persecuted North Korean Christian. Despite all my suffering, I love God with my whole heart. I am so grateful for him. What an encouragement. People all over the world willing to live out their faith despite the suffering and persecution that comes their way. Our love for Jesus, it will even take precedent over our own well-being. Not only should our love for Jesus be at the heart of our Christian walk, it will also keep us focused on following him instead of comparing ourselves to others. Look at verse 20 with me. And Peter turned and saw that the disciple whom Jesus loved was following them. This was the one who had leaned back against Jesus at the supper and had said, Lord, who is going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he asked, Lord, what about him? Jesus answered, If I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? You must follow me. What must Peter be thinking by now? Not only do I get this vivid prediction of my death, but you're suggesting that John might get this long life stuff. Jesus, you're, you're hardly sweeping me off my feet with this offer. If I'm going to die a gruesome death, what about John? Why do I get this dying stuff and, and John gets the long life, old age stuff? How often is it the case that as Christians, our, our tendency can be to look sideways? Look at others and what gifts or lack of gifts they have. Why is our church not like the one down the road? They're so generous with their giving. Why am I the only one who always stays behind to pack the chairs? Why do I always get chosen to do tea and coffee? I can pray and read much better than they can. Why don't I ever get chosen? What's Jesus' answer to comparing? Look at it in verse 22. Jesus answered, What is that to you? You must follow me. Don't worry about John, Peter. You just follow me. A love for Jesus will enable us to trust in the path he has called us to. Not worrying about what others are doing, but rather we'll be focused and committed to following him. 
Don't compare yourself with others. Love and trust Jesus. He knows all things. Follow him. He knows your beginning and your end, just like he knows Peter's. Our love for Jesus is at the heart of our Christian work and also at the heart of our Christian walk. It will keep us focused on Jesus. This love for him is is what will enable us to do whatever he calls and to follow him wherever he leads us. And finally, a third point, our love for Jesus will be the heart of our Christian witness. It's said that a dying veteran in Napoleon's army once told the surgeon operating on him, dig a little deeper for the bullet and you'll find the emperor. What will others find when they dig a little deeper into our Christian lives? as we serve and follow Jesus. What will they see and find? They might see happiness, gratitude, and joy on the surface. As they dig a little deeper into our lives, as the going gets tough, when we feel like we're on life's operating table, what will people see? Will they see Jesus and a love for him? For him? Excuse me. If at the heart of our Christian walk is an absolute love for Jesus, and even through suffering, even unto death, people will see God glorified. That will be our witness. Look at verse 19 again. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. Through Peter's service and death, God will be glorified. When people dig a little deeper, What do we want them to see as Christians? We want them to see God glorified in our lives, even in our pain and suffering. You see, glory is a a key theme in John's Gospel. We see this theme come to a crescendo through Jesus' death on the cross. And how does Jesus glorify God? By dying on the cross. And Peter will glorify God just like his Lord through his death. If we are to follow and serve Jesus, then we must also accept the possibility that God will be glorified through our suffering and even through our death. We must always want God to be glorified in every area of our lives. That's what a love for Jesus will cultivate. This is what will be at the heart of our witness. As as people look into our Christian work and our walk, what will they see? They will see a love for Jesus even through the pain and suffering, they will see a love for Jesus and God will be glorified. It's easy to have been sat here this evening thinking, great, how do I love Jesus more as I serve and follow him in my Christian work and walk? How do I love Jesus more? It's a great thought to have and we must pray and ask God to grow our love for Jesus. But know this, Our love for him is only possible because he first loved us. If there's anything you take away from this evening, it's to know that the love we have as Christians is a response to the love that God shows us through his son, Jesus Christ. John later writes in one of his letters, we love because he first loved us. Jesus saves Peter in this passage. He restores him in this passage. He restores Peter so that Peter can serve and follow him. Jesus, he saved us so that we can serve him and follow him. The love we have for Jesus, the love that we have 
at the hearts of our Christian work and walk, the love that shines brightly as our witness, it's all a gift from God. God's love always takes the initiative. And the love we have as Christians is a response to that love. What's the the great secret to loving Jesus? Well, it's to have been saved by him. Those who love Jesus are those who have experienced his forgiveness and restoration, just like Peter in this passage, just like a lot of us here tonight, I guess. Uh, The once uh, Bishop of Liverpool, J.C. Ryle, once wrote, He who has come to Christ with his sins and tasted the blessedness of free and full absolution, he is the man whose heart will be full of love towards his Saviour. The more we realize that Christ has suffered for us and paid our debt to God, the more we shall love him for having loved us and given himself for us. What a joy it would have been to Peter to have been reinstated as the rock upon which Jesus will build his church. What a joy it is for us to know the same forgiveness available to Peter is also available to us here this evening. That regardless of our constant failures and denials of him, Jesus still loves and saves us. John concludes his gospel by telling us in verse 25, Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written. See, John started his gospel by appealing to our imaginations, our sense of wonder at the one who is the all-knowing, the one who is the word, who was with God in the beginning, and through whom all things have been made. The one who is life. You see, Jesus has been doing great things before and since the world began. It makes sense that the world would not have enough room for the books containing all the wonderful deeds that he has done, that he continues to do through his church as we follow him. What does it look like to follow Jesus? It's to respond to his call to serve. It's to respond to the forgiveness that he brings us every day. What does it look like to love Jesus? Well, it's to obey and love him with all our hearts. Why? Because he first loved us. I wonder how often we ask ourselves, do we love Jesus? Do I love Jesus? It seems like such a a Sunday school question to ask, doesn't it? But it's a... It's a question that's at the heart of our Christian lives. Let's ask God for his help as we seek to experience the saving love of Jesus Christ in our daily lives. That the more we know the love he has for us, the more we will grow to love him in all that we do. Why don't we take a few moments to to reflect before we pray. in his letter to the Romans, for I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Heavenly Father, thank you for showing us how much you love us through your Son, Jesus. Thank you for this eternal love that we can know and have through him. As we end 
here in John's Gospel this evening. Please, would you help us to respond rightly to the love that you've shown us? Would you open the eyes of our hearts to see the life and forgiveness that comes through your son, Jesus? And as we respond, would you help us to place our love for Jesus at the center of our lives? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.